Welcome back as we continue our discussion of Sula by Toni Morrison. Um, but there is, you know, we're about to Thank probably... Thank you for choosing it. It's just been Oh, yeah, wonderful. it's been wonderful. Um, Thank you. But I think underlying all of, all of the stuff that goes on in this book, there's that underlying problem with racism because at, towards the end of the book, it's, it's the fact that a white golf course is going to be built that is a problem. Um, there's, you know, there's the rumor about Sula sleeping with white men. That's a problem, you know, um, and, and within the friendship, it's a, it's the, the problem isn't racism within the friendship of Nell and Sula. It's in the different ways that the way that Nell can't believe or is so hurt when Sula sleeps with Jude, Nell's husband, is so it's so strange because Sula doesn't really think she should be bothered. You know, it's like not a big deal that she slept mm -hmm. with Jude. She's she's a little, you know, miffed that Nell's miffed, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. really? You know, but um, haven't we all known that woman? You know, not not maybe the one that slept with our husband, but the the woman who just gets miffed that you're miffed when when she's done the thing that was hurtful in the first place. You know, I mean, yeah, and maybe not just maybe that's not just women. Maybe men do that too. I don't know, but um, you know, there's there's just some some layering in the conflicts in this this story. There's the racist, the racism conflicts, there's the male-female conflicts, there's children and, and, and parents, whether they're adult children or children children, you know, there's there's all kinds of conflicts in this um, story that, that just, oh gosh, like I said, it's hard to keep it to an hour, but what's next? What's next? Yeah, tell me, tell me, Sarah E., where we're at in our notes. Well, I would like to just kind of tag on to you with I think one of the, the wonderful takeaways that you can get from this book, if we look at our own American history, we have case after case of these historic black communities, which are swept away for white yeah. convenience. And yeah. something that Morrison does in this book is not only center this black community, but present it as rich and full of real live human beings who are neither saints or devils in mm -hmm. their entirety, but being fully human mm -hmm. and preserving that time and place for us before it is swept away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. That's, that's a really good way to put that. Yeah. And in some ways I feel like our passage reflects that because if you think about it and you read this passage and you, you take the fact that it's about having sex away, that this idea of losing, of, of, of being in a certain position that is different than your inner self. So that could be like what's going on in the landscape, in the world around you, as opposed to what's going on within you and how that makes you feel. And that then all the stuff about the breaking apart and the howling and that, you know, all the rest of it still makes sense in the context of what you just said. So another reason I love this passage is because it's more than just one woman one woman's inner inner dialogue about the act of lovemaking and you know it seems to be a passage that truly could represent the entire story in a way um i know that might sound a little crazy but i mm -hmm. when you were talking i was like yeah it's just like our passage yeah that's just like in the passage and i was like wait a minute <laughs> that's weird so um 
because I feel like the passage brings out a lot of emotional responses and, and visuals and, and things. And when you were kind of wrapping that all up, that's, that's what was happening. I was getting all those same feelings and um, visuals in my mind, in my mind's eye, uh, when you were talking about um, that, that, I don't want to say summing it up because that's dumb. That's a dumbed down way of saying what you did, but you did that so eloquently. And I don't know what the word is to describe it. It's just your. I would love to talk a little bit about female friendships, because as we pointed out, this is a very different type of book in that yeah. so many books center a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And this one centers a female friendship. Mm -hmm. um, so do we think that Nil and Sula are a good example of female friendship? Good as in true? Yes. Okay. As in honest, as in uh, can I imagine these people actually existing in the real world? Yes. Good as in healthy? <laughs> Not yes, always. Let's, let's yeah. talk about the healthy. <laughs> Not always. I think. I think in childhood, again, it's that. That's one of the things where I said, once you read the book, you think, oh, I should have seen that coming because of the stuff that happened in their childhood. Oh, you know, I should have known this relationship was going to be this difficult because of the the the, the children that they were. They don't. They kind of stay true to their childhood selves throughout the whole story, right? It. it, it they just grow up. But their elemental selves are fairly well defined by Toni Morrison in the early chapters when we meet them as children. And I feel like as children, we're tricked a little bit. The way Toni Morrison did is she wrote them as sharing everything. They're so close. They're so bonded. They, they have this great, you know, friendship as children. And you think, that's good. That's wonderful. They're wonderful best friends. And yet, and yet, even in childhood, oh, that Toni Morrison is clever. There's enough little stuff in there that makes you kind of go, eek, twinge, gray, what, what, what? That's not so pleasant. So, um, yeah, it's fascinating, the, the friendship and the way it plays out over time, especially with a 10-year break. And that's one of the things I would say is a clue for me that, that, yeah, I could see this, this friendship actually being real in real life because, you know, I have had friends in my life that I haven't seen for years and years and years. Uh, and then I see them and it's like, no time has passed, you know, there they are. Oh yeah, my friend. And we just kind of start talking like we saw each other yesterday. So I can, I, I think that rings true, uh, healthy. I mean, Sula sleeps with Nell's husband. Not healthy, not good for a friendship, you know. That is not a good a good way to have a friendship with another woman, you she know. Didn't so, do, she didn't do it out of spite. It doesn't matter. She that's, did it. That's who she is. I know, you know, but she knew her friend Nell, right? They were so bonded and so close. She had to know that Nell wasn't gonna you know, that, that wasn't gonna fly with Nell. I mean, she had to, on some level, know what she was doing. And was it a test to see if Nell would still be her friend? I mean, I don't know. I feel like, what do you think, Sarah E? Because I think that, since that's what breaks their friendship apart, you know, that's the moment, that's the, not the moment, but the situation that breaks their friendship um, until 
very end of the book when only one of them is still alive. Um, what do you think? I mean, I don't think it's healthy for... <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, I agree. And I would say that even more than the sin of, you know, sleeping with her husband is the sin of not knowing Nell well enough to know that that's one of her core values that's important right. to her that's going to hurt her. Right. Being I mean, willing to hurt her or, mm -hmm. or, or being unaware that she could potentially hurt her is what's like, Sula, uh, are you like a sociopath? Are you crazy? Do you not know this? You know, it's just kind of like, what? Um, I mean, is that sort of, um, if, if one has a negative view of Sula, do you think she gets any satisfaction from realizing that that Nell is there experiencing this pain of watching this moment the same way that she was kind of watching her mother burn. I think it's exactly like the death of her mother. And I think it's exactly like chicken little. I think, I think that, you know, Sula felt, felt guilty about chicken little, right? Isn't it Sula who felt guilty about chicken? Yes. Little? Yeah. Cause she's, she goes to Shadrach's, shack and all yeah um but she that that episode with chicken little that what happened there that was almost like the last time she felt guilty about anything it it seems like for the rest of the story that's not her anymore that changed her somehow she went on to you know not really care what she did that might hurt people next up we continue our discussion of sula by tony morrison <laughs> 